0: Hello and welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyon. We're glad you joined us today and we sincerely hope that you're blessed with today's message. We're going to begin with our or continue with our sermon series. Uh, last week I spoke on The Last Days Are Upon Us, um, and Staying Alive was the title. Staying Alive. And I, I wasn't talking about the Bee Gees single back in the disco era. How many remember that? Boy, you're old. You're old. <laughs> well, I, I had heard about that song. People have told me about that, and I've, I've heard it. And uh, it wasn't about the Bee Gees or disco. I was really talking about the last days that we're living in. Look at your neighbor and tell them, we are in the last days. Yes. Now when we say that, it shouldn't spring up any fear in you. Let's get that out of the way right now. As a believer in Christ, you should not be in fear of that. How many are thankful that they are believers here today? Amen? Yes. Amen. You know, last week, we I just want to rehash a little bit, but we talked about the spirit that lives in this world, the spirit called the spirit of Antichrist, meaning it's against Christ. Anything godly and the world and the spirit that's in this world is against it. Uh, For example, all you have to do is turn on the TV, read the news, and every day there's something new that's going to happen. I mean, from the bathroom laws, which are so ridiculous now, where my daughters have to be, Almost in fear of a male being in there. Right? If you're a young lady, um, that should not have to be an issue. Right? But that's the world we live in today. And those are the types of things that are consuming our nation and the world, that mentality. And the moment you speak up, you you know, people want you to be politically correct. I talked about that last week, and that makes me sick to be just politically correct. Because God says this is the only correct correct version right here. What His Word declares. And His Word, as you know, it it endures forever. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. How many were here last week and heard that message, staying alive? And if you didn't hear it, go to soundcloud.com, look up Pastor Rick M, and you can hear the message. It's very simple to hear it. But this morning, I want to continue... And I want to talk to you about Lord, heal our land the last days are upon us. Heal our land the last days are upon us. So let's bow our heads in prayer this morning. Heavenly Father we come to you this morning. We pray your blessing upon your word that God we would open our hearts to receive your word that you would speak to each individual here from the youngest to the oldest Lord. I pray that you would bring anointing to the words that I would speak. Lord that your, your word would be declared in all its truth and in all its power. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, here's what I want to declare to you right at the outset. As your pastor, I believe that your spiritual understand, understanding is vitally more important now in these last days than ever before. We are living in those days, in those last days, and it's up to each of you to understand what the principles in God's Word declare and how you're supposed to respond to what the world is is saying, what the Antichrist world is saying. And that's what I want to speak to you about today. How many again by showing your hands believe that we are in the last days raise your hand again you believe that again all it takes is just turning on the TV and and last week I mentioned I gave you incidents of terrorism acts Paris Baghdad and and how many were killed and and it's almost daily now, where you turn on the TV and some new terrorist plot is going on. Here in the United States, there's many that we never even hear of because of security measures that have been taken that defeat it or expose it before it ever happens. How many are thankful that we live in this country? Amen? Amen. Amen. And, uh, it, it reminds me too, when, when, my, when my son, when I met uh, one of the naval officers, uh, my son was in this field of cryptology. And remember this one um, naval officer, he, he was telling us, you know, it, you'd be shocked and amazed or surprised at all the things that are going on that the public never hears about. Never hears about. Missiles being launched that you never hear about over some map. And uh, he, he goes, it, it, it's scary out there, what the public doesn't realize, this was 18 years ago. And and it's 18 years today that my son passed away. That's why I was reminded of that. And again, um, the, the point is that we live in a world that's not getting easier to, to live in. Amen? If you're an unbeliever. As a believer, though, you shouldn't have any fear. Can I get an amen? amen. There's a scripture found in 1 Timothy, I want to read to you, and it's, it's in the New Living Translation that I feel it really comes out really clearly here. It says the following, Now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last times, or the last days, some will turn away from the true faith. They will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons we are living on those last days and and again there are many doctrines what i mean by that scripture there some turn away from this truth right here from what jesus christ came to preach what jesus came to teach his disciples and so on what we get now is a is a is a demonic corruption of that in our land today. Now I'm not talking about way off in, in, in Europe somewhere, or some far away country. I'm talking about here in the United States, in our communities, you have people teaching this corruptly, deceiving people. Amen? And that's why anytime you hear any preacher, whether it's me, whether it's anybody on TV, on the internet, judge it by the Word of God. Amen. Judge it by the Word of God. Amen? Yes. Here's what I, I I think most people who go to a church think that the church is the safest place you can be. Do I get an amen? amen? It's the safest place you can be when it comes to threats from Christ or from the world, right? But let me tell you, let me reverse and let me turn that world upside down for you. In fact, that's not true. Very strong, very direct threats are made against the church by Jesus Christ Himself, by the Word of God. How many know that this morning? How many know that? And let me explain what this means, okay? This is what we know. Churches very rarely ever repent. We don't hear about churches that, that come broken as a whole. We hear about individuals that repent. But rarely do we ever hear of churches coming forward and repenting of their sins uh, for, for the times that they live in, right? And, and I want to give you some history about some people that were desirous of cleansing and purity years and years ago. And maybe you've heard about them, they were called the Puritans. This was in the early 1600s. And uh, here's the historical background. There in England was a group of preachers who were called Puritans. That was a label of derision. And scorn that identified them as those who were always trying to purify something or everything. Excuse me, they were calling the churches of England of. Uh, as a whole, to repent for their extensive doctrinal deviation, their heresy, and their extensive sins and corruptions. They were essentially churches that were functioning in defiance of their confessed Lord and Savior. These churches that were not repenting, these churches that were not no longer teaching the Word of God. Amen? Does it kind of sound like the world we live in today? If, if you look around, it doesn't take much to know that we are living in those exact same, same time, but I believe much worse, much, much worse. So, the result to these Puritans who called for churches to repent was actually persecution to them. Persecution to the leaders of those, of that group and their churches. That sort of rejection led to one monu- monumental day in history in England. They were basically booted out, they kicked them out. The rest of the, sec- the, the churches got up and said, Oh no. We're not going to have these people tell us what to do, how we need to to repent. See, they were fitting in with the world, and they, they, they had forsaken their first love, which was the Word of God. And instead, they kicked out these people that wanted reform, these Puritans, amen? And they kicked them out, and they threw out all the pastors who had been calling for repentance. They took away... Their liberty, liberty, their freedom to preach, they took away their ordination, they removed them from their congregations. This had a massive effect not only on that church, but to this day, England never, ever recovered. You don't hear about England being a hotspot for revival, you just don't. There have been pockets in different areas, but you don't hear about England being a a mass revival center. It it just doesn't happen, or hasn't happened since that day. Here's what, what needs to be said. Why in the world would we expect the nation to repent when the church won't even repent? Why in the world would we expect the nation to repent when the church won't even repent? Second Chronicles 7 and 14. Let me read this to you. Now, this has been our scripture verse the last couple of weeks. But it says this, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. That's a beautiful, beautiful scripture there. Those words there. But here's the key. Who's he talking to? His people. He's not talking to the White House. He's not talking to the Republican Convention, the Democratic Convention. He's not talking to secularism. He's talking to the people of God. He's talking to you and I. Amen? He's saying, if we... The people called by my name will humble themselves. If we will remove all pride and humble ourselves, get on our knees and pray and seek his face and turn from our wicked ways, then we will hear from heaven and he will heal our land. He's not talking to President Obama or President Hillary or President Trump, whoever the next president is going to be. He's talking to you and I. Amen? The solutions to this world are not going to be found in who the next president is. How many know that today? It's not found in a person. It's not found in a movement out there in the world. It's found in this right here. It's very simple. Amen? We want God to heal our land and we want our nation to change. But as we look at the problems in our country every day, again, turning on the TV, we want to point to something else or someone Every single time. We say again, the problems are due to the Democrats, to the Republicans, to the Independents. But here, the scripture tells us something different. God says the source of the problems is his house, the church. It's the church. Again, he didn't address secularism. He didn't say, if you'll repent. He said, church, I need you to repent, to truly grasp this and understand that we are in the last days. See, God gave us a prescription for our healing. Aren't you thankful for that? How many are thankful for doctors that give you a prescription to help you, right? And in the same, by the same token, the Lord gave us that prescription for our healing in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. If my people who are called by my name... He doesn't say a thing about our culture out here. He doesn't say a thing about any of the leaders of the country. He says his people, his own people, that's you and me. If my people, he says... One of the problems in our nation today is there's a lot of people running around in every church in every community, in every state of this great nation that believe they're Christians today, okay? And again, I'm not here to, to, to tell you that you're not a Christian. I'm just here to remind us, healing has to start with us. It starts with us, God's people, amen? Do you hear me? Yes. Amen? But here's the problem. There's many of us that can go to church, go to Bible studies, go to church potlucks, yet... When it comes to that day of judgment, Jesus is going to look and say, uh, Who are you? I don't know you. And that's going to be a scary, scary day for that individual. Amen? Yeah. Attending church doesn't make you a Christian. That's right. Attending church does not make you a Christian. Yeah. Just as standing in a garage makes you a car. It doesn't make you a car if you're standing in the garage. Going to church doesn't make you a Christian. We all know what makes you a Christian. It's, it's having faith in Christ, in Christ alone. Amen? It's having Him forgive of you of your sins. And you receiving Him into your life, forsaking the old and now walking in newness of life. Forsaking the old life and beginning to walk in new life. Amen? Amen. In fact, here's here's what the Bible tells us as believers. And it says this in 2 Corinthians 13.5. Examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you? Or here's another version that says it this way. You should be looking at yourselves to make sure that you are really Christ. Take a look in the mirror is what it's saying. Take a look in the mirror. Amen. Every one of you, I guarantee you, took a look in the mirror this morning before you came to church. Uh, I I look around and I don't see anybody that forsook the mirror this morning. I think every one of you looked at the mirror once. Maybe twice. I don't know. But we need to do that spiritually, church. We really need to do it. I'm not trying to make light of that. We need to look in that spiritual mirror and see if that reflection is where God wants us to be. Amen? Amen. These are the last days. We are living in the last days. You know, there, there are those in every church, again, that are living even what you would call a double life. They're double agents. They put on a good performance at church. They say the right things. God bless you. It's good to be here. Praise God. They might even throw some money in the offering. But they are living a life that is completely contradictory to this. Right here. Contradictory to this. See, it's, it's not about being in church. It's not about making me happy, Pastor Rick. Not at all, church. It's not about making me happy. It's about making our Heavenly Father happy. And that's what we need to do Is when we look at that mirror, that spiritual mirror. Lord, am I pleasing you with my actions, with my life? Am I pleasing you? A spiritual awakening starts with God's people. Everybody say this with me. It starts with me. It starts with me. And it's not going to start. We are not going to receive healing in our land unless it starts right here with me. Amen. Amen. There's many people today running around calling for this nation to repent. We got. You know, signs, uh, you know, and even in Tahoe, there, there's, there's, a, there's always a crazy bunch of Christians, right? There's always a crazy bunch, right? And there's some really judgmental people. You, you've seen the signs, you know, the Lord is coming, the last days are upon us. And, and it's all true, but when you talk to them one-on-one, they are so whacked out. Um, and they had some of these guys at Tahoe, and um, they, it was just not the right approach to sharing God's love. Nobody was going to want to spend any time with them because they were very confrontational. You're going to hell, they would tell you. I mean, no one's going to listen to them. So they had the right message, the, the words on their on their billboards that they're holding up, big old signs. But I told one guy, I stopped him, I said, see that guy over there, your buddy? He's running people away from the gospel. They're not going to listen to him because he's telling them they're going to hell. Well I think they may know that already, but you need to, you need to love them in so that they would want a desire to listen to you. Nobody's going to listen to you. And so there's just a bunch of kooks like that. We hear about that kind of stuff. And we are in the last days. Even Christians, my point here is that that we can give them the wrong message. We have to be loving in our approach. We have to be loving in our message. We have to tell, tell people that we are in the last days. But we have to do it lovingly, amen? We have to do it so that they will want to listen. Our nation does need to repent. There is truth there. But here's the truth. Unless churches repent from sin and pursue holiness, there's no hope for this nation. We as a people here, our body here, the churches in our communities, the churches in every state, the churches in our nation need to repent and quit living this life of a double agent. I, I Unless you're a spy here, you shouldn't be a double agent. I don't know of anybody here that's a spy or a double agent, but in that vein, but we don't need to be living that way. Tell me if this sounds familiar this morning. The believers of this time, and I'm talking about that scripture that we were reading earlier, 1 Timothy one, about the Holy Spirit um, declaring that people will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. Well, Here's what was going on. They were engaged in sexual immorality, idolatry, the absorbing of the culture of paganism, compromise, tolerance of sin. Oh, it's okay. It's no big deal. I'm not hurting anybody. They dealt with it by allowing it. Hypocrisy, false teaching. There were false apostles, false teachers, and false prophets. Seduction by error, deception, this is exactly what's going on in our day and age. We've come to a point where this Word of God now doesn't affect us. It doesn't affect us anymore. And that's a sad place to be, church. It's a really sad place to be. Because again, if it doesn't affect us, what, is it, what in the world is going to prompt us to change if this doesn't affect us? Amen? We cannot live as double agents. We cannot live that way. We are living in the last days. Let me read a scripture to you. It's on your outline. 1 Peter 4 and 17. 1 Peter 4 and 17 says this, For it is time for judgment to begin with the household of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? Here it's very clear. The Lord says, yes, I I judge everybody, but guess what? It starts here in the house. It starts here with believers. We're the first ones to be judged. When your life's falling apart and spiraling and, and, and seemingly going backwards instead of forward, take a look in the mirror. Take a look spiritually in the mirror. Where are you? Amen? Judgment starts in the house of God. It's a dangerous place to come here to church. It's a great place. I want you to be here in church. I want you to hear the word of God. But it's dangerous if you're not living the word that you're hearing on Sunday mornings. Amen? Amen. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. And as your pastor, I love you enough to tell you that. I want you to live righteously. I want you to live according to His word so that When that day comes, Jesus will look at you and say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Amen. How many want to hear those words? How many? I want everybody to raise your hands. How many want to hear those words? Amen? Amen. 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 Most people, again, think that the church is a safe place and that once you're in church, you're in this ark. You know, there's many sermons that have been preached about being in the church is, is like being in the ark during the times of Noah. The ark is what saved them. The church will save you, which is true, which is true. But judgment begins in the church. It begins here. It doesn't begin out in the world. They will get judged. They will get theirs, but it starts here with you and I as believers. Why is that? Because we have the truth. We're held to a higher standard. We're held to, to accountability. Amen? When, As a family, let me just throw this out to you as, as families here. When, when your child... Is doing something and and they get caught doing something uh, bad, naughty with a with another child. You know, uh, I'm talking about maybe they were stealing, maybe they were making fun of another kid at home. You don't go and, and and scold that other child or or hold them accountable. You hold your child accountable. You let their parents take care of that child. Amen. It's the same way in the house of God. God is going to take care of the rest of the world, but He's going to take care of you first. He's going to bring judgment here. So we need to listen and look at that spiritual mirror this morning and say, Lord, am I doing the things I need to be doing? Amen? I want to give you three different points here on how we can humbly come to the Lord so that we can receive healing in our lands, in our home. How many want healing in their home today? Amen? Amen. Physical healing, spiritual healing, emotional healing from hurts. The question this morning that I would ask you is, what must we do as believers in the church these last days? What must we do? Number one, repentance. It starts right there. Repentance. It's very simple, church. It really is. Repentance is, again, doing this. It's walking this way, and all of a sudden I'm going to repent. Now it's walking this way. Walking this way. It's doing a 180. From walking in one direction, now saying, Lord, I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to take your word, and I'm going to live it to the best of my ability. doesn't make you perfect. It just says that, Lord, I'm going to do my best, and you're going to do the rest. Amen? Amen. 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 It means turning away from anything that would not be Christ-honoring in your life. And only you, as, as I read that scripture earlier... Only you can examine your life and declare whether you're doing things that are not Christ-honoring in your life. You know, Anna and I were in Tahoe, and and there's so many things to do. Beautiful hiking, swimming, things out on the water. There's the big hotels, the casinos. We went one time in one casino, and there's millions of people that flock there every year to go gamble. We went there to go have a buffet, the Lake Forest Buffet, Harrah's, right? It's a great place. We didn't drop a single penny in those in those, what do they call them, those sleeves you know, Uh, we didn't drop a penny in there, but millions of people do that And, and I say that, that We're not going to, you know, and I'm not saying I have never done that. I used to do that a lot of times when I was younger. I used to do that a lot. But I don't spend my time on that anymore. It just, for me, it's not God honoring. And why would I throw away my hard-earned cash for that? Amen? Amen. I had a hard enough paying for that Tahoe vacation anyways. (laughs) It's doing things again that are honoring, Christ honoring in your life. If the Lord has saved you and given you a new life and you choose to ignore Him and His Word, then you need to repent this morning. The Bible says that you need to repent. It starts here with you and I repenting to the Lord. Number one, repentance. Number two, living a life of holiness. Oh boy, when I say that word, people nowadays go, holiness, what in the world is that? Right? Some of you may have never even heard that word. Hopefully not. Hopefully you have. But here, holiness is being set apart for God. First Peter chapter 2 and verse 9, th- there's various scriptures in the word, but here, this one here, it says the following. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. See, you've been set apart. You're no longer the enemies. Okay, you know where I'm going with this. My hanky. I've said this before. I have my hanky right here in my back right pocket. It's never in my left pocket. It's always in my right pocket. I know where it's at at all times. The enemy, before you came to know Christ as your Savior, he knew where you were at all the time. He had you right here in his back pocket. But the moment you left that back pocket, he's going... Where'd Wayne go? Where, where's Irene? I, they were right here a minute ago, and he comes searching for you. But now you are now Christ. You don't belong to Satan anymore. You don't belong to the world. You have a new frame of mind. You have new goals, new attitudes, new 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 goals that you want to pursue in life. Amen. Amen. Get behind me, Satan. Amen. Amen. Here's what I want to share with you this morning: the the Hebrew word translated as holy in the Bible, has a literal, literal meaning of being set apart. See, that word means to be set apart. Holy, is that is the definition of it. Be set apart. Our holiness is about who we belong to what we're made of, what kind of creatures we are, really. That's what holiness defines us as being. We're called to be holy in the sense of being set apart from the world. Uh, You know, all the things that go on in in our crazy world, we're to be set apart from that. We don't have time for that nonsense that goes on every single day. How many see the nonsense that goes on in our world today? As believers God has called you to mark a line in the sand to draw a line in that sand and say I choose not to go on that side. Have you drawn that line in the sand today? I don't care how old you are, how young you are. There's a line, there's a line that we have to draw. And it says, I will not cross that line. But here's the thing, you if you have crossed that line today, the Lord is saying come back, repent. And I will forgive you of all of your sins today. Amen? We are called to be holy in the sense of being set apart from the world. Set apart to belong instead to the God who made us and chose us. God chose every one of you here today. Amen? And He wants to give you a life that's fulfilling. He doesn't want you to be slaves to sin. Sin is being a slave. Right. Sin has a hold of you and won't let go of you until you flee from it, until you run from it, until you tell it, Get thee behind me, Satan. Sin will hold on to you and won't let you go. Amen. And then point number three, pray regularly. Pray regularly. You know, in Tahoe, we couldn't help but just be in awe. Again, I, I love God's creation. I love being in the mountains. I love being in places like Tahoe, Monterey, where you just see, uh, you know, beautiful creation at its, at its finest. And so I, I'm just driving, out, or I'm sitting there, and I'm just saying, thank you, Lord. What, what a beautiful mountain. What a beautiful lake. What a beautiful scenery right here. This, this tree, and I'm sitting right here with my wife, and we're enjoying this, Right? That's praying. Praying is having a conversation with your Lord. It's not, doesn't have to be, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. It doesn't have to be that. Prayer is, Lord, I, I thank you, Lord, that you are God and you're a good, good Father. Lord, I need your help today. I'm just, I'm just down today. I need you to really, you know, that person at, at school, if you're a young person here today, they 've been really saying some cruel and mean things i I need you to remind me that you, that you love me and guess what God does. He begins to remind you that He loves you. Amen? He begins to speak to you and encourage you, right? Because He's a good, good Father. He loves you. And that only happens when you pray regularly. Praying is having a conversation with your Father every single day. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 and 17, it says this, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing. Or in another version, it says, pray continually. Well, how do you do that? Oh, God, uh, blessed be your name. God, I love... You. And no, it's not, it's not talking about that. It's just saying, Lord, you know, as you walk out here and you, and you see the beautiful, you feel that beautiful sun hitting your 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 body. Lord, thank you for this beautiful day. Thank you that we live in, in, in a gorgeous area like we do in this community. Thank you that I can walk out of here. Thank you that I can roll out of here. Thank you that I can... that I came to church this morning. Thank you that I experienced your love this morning. Amen. That's praying. That's praying. It's very simple. The Bible tells us we must pray always, without ceasing. Amen? Will you, will you do these three points? Pray in the morning. Pray in the noontime. Pray in the evening. Pray when you are sick. Pray when you are healthy. Pray when that bank account's full. Pray when it's empty and, and de- depleted of all the funds. And pay, payday isn't for another week. Pray, pray, pray. Pray when the job is going good. Pray when it's not going so good. Pray when the marriage is healthy and, and strong. Pray when it's not going strong. When you guys are fighting. Pray, pray, pray. Amen? That's what we need to do. And it's having a conversation with God every day of our lives. So this morning in closing, I just want to remind each of you to be faithful to Him. We are in the last days and in order to receive healing in our land, it starts with you and I. Lord, help us to see each other spiritually in that spiritual mirror. Help us to see what you see, Lord, and help us, Lord, to repent, to walk holy, to pray without ceasing in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. We want to be a church that is worthy of your name. Amen? Amen. We want to have a walk that's worthy of his name, a walk that's worthy of his word. Amen. Let's bow our heads this morning. Father God, we love you. And again, we do thank you for your word. Your promises endure forever. And Lord, I thank you, Father, for everyone here in this place this morning. But I'm going to pray this prayer right now. And I'm going to ask anybody in this place, if they've never had an opportunity... To ask God to forgive them of their sins, or maybe they want to redo that, re- renew their commitment in you today for the first time. Lord, I pray right now that you would speak to those individuals. I pray right now, if that's you today, if you hear me and and you want to give your life to the Lord because you know we are in the last days and you want to have a righteous a righteous relationship with the Lord. Just raise your hand, real simply. Raise your hand if you want to do that for the first time or recommit your life. I see your hands this morning. I see more hands this morning. With every head bowed this morning, Lord, we love you this morning. And Father God, I'm going to say a prayer. I'm going to lead these people in prayer right now. And I want them to repeat this prayer again and mean it with all their heart. And Lord, I know that you're going to forgive them because your word says that you are just and able to forgive us of our sins. So why don't you p- repeat this prayer with me this morning, everyone? Why don't you stand with me this morning, all of you, if you can, if you can stand this morning. Heavenly Father, I come before you. Heavenly Father, I come before you I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I ask you to forgive you of my sins. All my, wrongdoings. all my wrongdoings. I believe you sent your son. I believe you sent your son. To die on, the cross for me. die on the cross for me. And I receive that gift of e- everlasting life. And I that gift of everlasting life. Right, now. right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Amen. 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 Church, look at me this morning. If you said that prayer for the first time or, or you did that again, you renewed your commitment to Christ because you know that it could be better. Your walk could be better. I pray that God blesses you and gives you the desire to live it every single day and not just on Sundays, amen? Every single day. We are in the last days. God's going to heal our land by us coming on our knees daily, daily. We have to repent, live holy, pray regularly. If you do those things, God is going to bring healing to your family to your family this morning, to your family. He's going to bring healing to your extended family, to your community, to our church here. Judgment starts at the house of God. Amen. Don't think it's going to escape you just because you're in church. But you ha- here, let me tell you and remind you of one final thing. You have no reason to fear if you are living the Word. Amen. You have absolutely no reason to fear if you're living the Word of God. Amen.